200 IQ. How many times do you think we said that? Like 200 times? Close enough. Hey. We about to do the fusion dance, y'all. Actually, I like the earrings better. Yeah. You just put them on and get thrown into each other all crazy and shit. Yeah, yeah. Fusion. All right. Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. One, two. One, two, three. Five. Eight. Eleven. Love Mega Late Show Fibonacci sequence. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. We bomb atomically. That actually might be culturally insensitive being in Japan. We bomb incredibly politely, and we take our shoes off before entering. Late, what up, though? Yo, yo, we out here talking about the Hegeletic theorem. What, what, what was the Prodigy go, talking the, about? Oh, oh, the Hegelian dialectic. Hegelian dialectic. Yeah, yeah, dialectic. Yeah, yeah. I got to know what this is. Oh, that's Prodigy's last album before he passed away called the Hegelian dialectic, which is, you know, Hegel is a uh, existentialist. So it, it was a pretentious album title. But yo, Plus back we're to trying the show to become itself. Scientologists. Yeah. So yeah, since we need we're to doing check your thetan levels after the show. Definitely will. Yo, but yeah, it's the Mega Late Show, and we're here back. Episode number 41 of the number one hip-hop and dope culture podcast in Tokyo. Tell them, tell them how we do this shit every Friday late. Yo, Friday, nigga, Friday. We coming at you with some dope hip-hop, Tokyo culture shit updates. Also, we have some fly guests coming through to tell us what they're doing out here or just in general. And today we have a special guest who goes by the name of Go Yama. Let me go ahead and get an applause on that fam. Hey. That's right, man. That's Goyama. And uh, if you listen to the podcast, you've probably heard us talk about him before. He is an incredibly talented musician, guitarist, beat maker, who's been doing things for a long time within the culture. And he's super dope. Yo, Goyama, thank you for rocking with us today, man. Dude, Absolutely. thanks for having me. Yeah, super man. This is to be here. Yeah, we're super happy to have you, man. No losers. We never had a loser on this podcast, man. And we're, we, we feel really good to have you here with us today. Hey, man. Uh, and um, for people that don't know, where can uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Goyama? Where you're at, like uh, what you do? Yeah, definitely. I mean, right now I'm in like San Francisco area in California, but uh, I work in a school uh, which affords me the chance to uh, cruise out to different places in the summer, like on vacation and like play shows. Got family out in Tokyo, so I stay with them, and then like um, you know can play meet people in tokyo and kind of kick it so that's that's the situation right now um yeah happy to, to kick it here with the homies on some like you know, very yeah, intimate man. shit right here yeah this is like, cool man like we really want to talk to you about your process um i know that you're a phenomenal guitarist how long have you been you. playing guitar and guitar was like the first that was definitely the maybe second grade I started playing. Oh, wow. I, I think I think it, it kind of shows, man, because you're oh, super talented. You, Goyama has had so many projects that he's released over a while, and we were just building a little bit earlier. He has a remixed album, uh, a remix project with uh, where he took Doom uh, vocals and put them <laughs> over like shit. Early. Six mixes for Doom fixes, I think is what, it called, uh, yep, what it's yep. called. You've done um, a collaborative album with um, Axion. Uh, one one seven. Does he go by one one seven or is it like one hundred seventeen? I was. I don't I say one one seven. That guy's out here, isn't he? He is. His, his name is um, yeah. Shuya, right? I've never yeah. met him, but Shuya, but he's, he's, nice, he's dude. dope. Um, you've you've done a lot of other projects. Last year, you released an album called The Exploration through Darker Than Wax. Yeah, 
Yeah, which, that's the fam. Like, uh, it's a Singapore-based label. Um, everyone out there is uh, on, on Dark and the Wax making amazing music. They hit me up like yeah. a long time ago. Um, I did this like Ghibli remix album. What was that called? Uh, it was called, uh, man, uh, Glimpses of the Spirit Plane. That's or right. Like that. That's yeah. right. Um, dude, I even forgot. Super dope. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. Um, and that was, and they hit me up to, to like release that a long time ago. And then since then kind of built, and I've been to Singapore a bunch of times and like sort of been able to rock with them, which is like feel super, definitely super fortunate to, to be able to travel and do music. It's yeah, definitely a dream. They're super dope. And I actually was watching your, um, your Darker Than Wax, like a uh, YouTube video today where he did like a whole live performance. Was it Darker Than Wax? No, it was, uh. I forget what it was, but you have like a whole YouTube joint where you did a set and it's like you playing guitar, you playing beats and everything. That's on That's YouTube. That's like Phonics and who else is with them? Who's is on, somebody else is on Darker Than Wax, but I forget who. They just did the thing on the boat, right? Were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah That's was, right. That's right. Did a little boat show. Lidley is also with Darker. Lidley put on is, something through them as well. We did, um, so Lidley's not uh, part of Darker Than Wax, but we've done projects together on Paxico. So we put out um, two right. albums, sit like uh, like collab joints called the Ego Scale, and uh, kind of like a second iteration of the Ego Scale, but it was like uh, blue blue magic tapes. Word. Yeah. So. And I also saw recently, and I haven't listened to this yet, but you've done some type of Ocarina of Time. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man, this is like it's kind of a funny random story, but uh, it was just like one of those days where you like kicking in with the homies and then like drinking and uh someone comes up with kind of a stupid idea and then um i was in this phase where i was like okay like i I just went to this like art museum and like you know some some dude put together like a big art project that was like essentially like a bunch of shoe boxes like stacked together like really really high and it was like not anything but like when you stack up thousands of shoe boxes you know becomes like art somehow like (laughs) that's the process you know so i was like okay like maybe if i do something like that's kind of that's kind of silly or kind of stupid but like i do a lot of it you know um then then it will turn into something that that someone hasn't done before so i i learned this one i just like redid this one part i downloaded the ocarina of sound uh or ocarina of time soundtrack and like learned one of the parts on guitar and it was like the whole thing was like a couple hours i was like dude if i learned all of these on guitar like it would probably be interesting ended up like (laughs) i did it all yeah it took like i I did like one a day for like how many tracks was it like i mean i feel like i was scrolling and there was this track yeah it's like hours and it's it's like an over an hour like an hour and a half of like just doing these random little things like on iphone but i think the problem is like a, a lot of stuff today it's like people want to consume high quality like very short things and mine was like the exact opposite of that it's like very low quality super long <laughs> like you know no attention span for that but oh, very cool, uh, though, but man. it was fun i, I just like part of it is just like doing it you know it's fun doing it and and kind of seeing stupid ideas come to fruition it's like that's exactly how a lot of things in life the best things in life are like that sometimes yeah i mean i don't want i I feel like our our podcast is not a stupid thing come to fruition it's like a 200 iq type of right 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 right. no i'm not talking about the podcast just like in general donald trump level kind of super genius to (laughs) really understand what we're doing over here yeah man yeah but it's funny you said that because uh one of my really good friends who's also a really good visual artist 
he was telling me this story of like there was this old guy like a painter and he just all he painted was like triangles and he did that for like years and you know nobody really cared this guy just painted triangles but he like filled up a warehouse with painting of triangles and then all of a sudden it was like oh shit (laughs) this warehouse is full of triangles and then it was like valuable art (laughs) yeah that's just how that shit works yeah yeah shout out to triangles though yeah we are are here trying to make triangles that's what we're doing all day like do the pythagorean theme all day you know what i'm saying shout out to hegel yeah, Mega Late Show, 200 IQ podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you really got to be a Rick and Morty fan to understand yeah. what we're doing. Yo, but um, yo, it's let's uh, let's go shit. to let's let's go ahead and talk talk to these people about our sponsors. This this podcast and uh, most of the Mega Late Show podcasts are brought to you in part by Cal Combs, calcombs.com, where you can go and find Cal Combs, who is our Friendly Neighborhood Rapper's newest albums, which would be 505, uh, which came out this year, as well as his project that came out at the end of last year, Carmel. He is a super dope rapper that I think more people should listen to. And if you go to his website, you can also find tons of apparel and other types of items, such as skateboard grip tape and alloy USB cards, which have his album on it. And better yet, if you purchase any of these items and they happen to be over 30 American dollars or 3,000 yen, your preferred method of transaction, if you purchase anything over that price, you can enter in the Mega Late Show promo code, which is Mega Late Show, no spaces. Uh, don't space that bitch up. And you will get 25% off on all of those purchases. So definitely go to calcombs.com and find that out. That's right, man. I, I might get some grip tape. Actually. Yo, it actually is really cool. It's got his logo on it and everything. Tight. Even if you don't put it on a skateboard, just put grip tape around things. Like, yeah, you know, SP, you know, grip up that SP, you know. Yeah, you that know, non-slip. Want to drop that? Right. Yeah. Who or yeah, don't want to drop that. Also, I would say uh, for our listeners, go check out Harry's Sandwich Shop in Harajuku, which serves a bunch of high-quality American-style sandwiches. That's hey. super delicious. And Late is going to be DJing there on the 20... Are you DJing there sometime soon? The f- last Friday of the month, whatever day that okay. is. We don't have that information in front of us and readily available right now. But nah, everybody nigga, I don't should... carry a calendar. What I look Hold like? on. I might. Actually, the last Friday of the month would be the 27th. Yes. Friday the 27th, Lady's going to be playing some music out there. So go over there and do that. Also, I would like to say there are listeners should go ahead and go to uh, Cultures Cafe in Minami Nagareyama, which is run by Shucks One. And people that know about the hip-hop community out here in Tokyo may recognize his name. He used to be a fairly prominent figure out here who was interviewing a lot of dope cats that came out. And uh, he's still doing a lot of dope things. His cafe plays a lot of dope music and is family-friendly with lots of delicious food, including Filipino food, which I partook upon last weekend. Uh, yeah, I had some longanisa. Also, go to his YouTube channel, which is kind of not really posting new content, but he's got pl- plenty of interviews with cats like uh, Hieroglyphics Crew and other notable members of the hip-hop community. Dope. Mega Late Show. Commercial. Outro. Right oh, now. Uh, also shout out to our guy, Keen. Oh, yeah, you can yeah, catch yeah. him at KeenWaKeen.com. He's the one who did all our new looks for the digital and everything he's got the best business cards in the world probably yeah and uh just a really dope visual artist out here making shit out of 
plastic leather and acrylic. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He's he's really phenomenal. And I just this passed that bu- business card business to card? Goyama. Ooh. Yes, that is one of his business cards. It's fire. Yeah, I've never seen anything Trust. like it. Keen, aka 3D God. That's right. Uh, is this like 3D printer made? Yeah, man. I think it's yeah. laser cut out, or he painstakingly cuts that out with the hatchet. No, I have no idea how he does it, but it's amazing. Uh, the pineapple hatchet. That's right. Ooh. That That's pineapple that. joke, that uh, that might not make it into the podcast. We were having a very detailed conversation about pineapples right before we started recording. But yeah, pineapples. Word. 200 IQ. 200 IQ fruit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yo, let's go into this temperature check, Late. Why don't we go right. back and forth, Late? I'll ask one, you ask one, you want to do it like that? All right, yeah, let's do it. Let's start off. Let's start off. All right, so the temperature check portion of the podcast where we ask you random questions and find out your kind of try to apprehend a little bit of your taste without spending too much time on all this stuff. So let's start. um, Since you are a producer, I would like to know, like, who are three of your favorite producers currently? Um, Man, uh, that's a hard question. Late, do you think it should be, like, all time or should it just be, like, current? Uh... Well, let's just get some names first. All right, yeah, like, let's do it. Well, I like you were just playing that like Swarvy joint. Um, anti anxiety, yeah, new shit. Anti anxiety, it's fire, man. I love it. It's great. Just like perfect aesthetic. And, like I dig all the like the. He does a lot of like cool harmonic like modal interchange in his stuff. I don't, I don't know. I'm like really, I feel like a nerd when it comes to when people change like harmonic structures in the middle of their song you know like i was like all about it i like went through and tried to learn all the the you know the different harmonies in there um i mean always dude mike gow's the he was like kind of like my teacher back in the day so i feel like i always kind of credit him with like a lot of what i started doing yeah shout out to mike he um i think he used to be with the galapagos four back in the day i think he put out an album with galapagos four from like chicago or something like that but he's super talented man yeah he's like he's a genius for sure you know he made that app you guys seen his app no i haven't seen his app he has this app where uh he it's called poly playground and uh it's like a bunch of like square like colored squares like tetris shapes and you can like see harmony like really easily um like within this app so i don't know it's pretty dope i have to check so, that out, shout man. out to mike. Yeah, i definitely have to check that out because um i've been a fan of, of mike for a long time i feel like um kind of before he blew is like just being like a uh, a producer that that made like instrumental type of work i think yeah, he yeah. did an album with like quell from typical cats back in the day and um yeah, yeah he's super dope. You, i mean he's like was one of the OG like low end theory performers and yeah, stuff too. Yeah. Even shout out to Mike Gow and you. I've I've heard a track that you did with him or your yeah. featured on track or something with him, right? We we've done we've done a fair amount of work together. Yeah, that guy's um, phenomenal. But yeah, I always feel like I'm just like there trying to soak in what he's thinking about. You know, it's always like this crazy, like I don't know. His thought process is very like. It always comes from left field for me. I'm like, oh, that, that, that that's how you're thinking about that? Or like, uh, you know, how music's coming out these days? So I always kind of shifts my mindset. Yo, you're you're um, two for two, man. These are two phenomenal artists that you're picking. This last one, if you drop the ball, <laughs> it's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right, man. It's like, I don't know. Should I go, should I go classic or like I've, recent? This is a 200 IQ podcast, <laughs> man. You can go any direction you want. <laughs> left field, it doesn't even matter. Be like... Dude, this isn't producer, but like, if we're talking like overall, 
think of all time, dude, Miles Davis. Oh, yeah. Like, as far as bringing crews together and putting sounds together, like, no one had a better sense of of who would fit together. And I think that's, like, a producer in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, man, he's... Super yeah, phenomenal. he's the goat. His, his usage of, like, negative space as well uh, on a track... It's something yeah. that that I think uh, you know a lot of people can learn from. Like sometimes when there's not sound at a at a part, it's yeah. kind of like yeah, it's he's the best he, I mean sound. he's yeah. he he's he's a 200 IQ musician. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that guy is. Yeah, yeah. shout out to Miles Davis. Good choices, yeah. man. Uh, late, Thanks, man. Are you one of those producers that doesn't listen to rappers? I listen to rappers for sure. I'm, I mean, like I don't know if I'm like the best I, I don't have a huge range of like who i listen to but yeah definitely listen to listen you did to that rap. doom mix so you're you're familiar with oh yeah definitely man i mean i think doom's kind of like the ultimate producer like <laughs> dude but uh definitely huge doom fan since back in the day was he your yeah. favorite mc when you were 15 years old when i was 15 it was probably like I was really into like the the woke rapper kind of thing, like conscious rapper, like most two hundred IQ you know, rapper, two hundred <laughs> IQ only rappers. Uh, yeah. Well, so when you were sixteen, who was your favorite MC? Sixteen, man. I'm trying to think. Late, have you ever like, answered this question? I don't think so. Let's hear late. I want to let you yeah. formulate your answer. I'm Go gonna put late it. on yeah. the spot. 15, shit. 15, 16. In f- at 15 years old, it was 97 for me. Uh, I mean, 98. it's probably Eminem. Wait, no, that's too late. No, nah, it was probably Eminem. Not that one sophomore year. From, uh, PM Dawn? Nah, it was, it, it was too early for him. Too early. I'm just now getting on that wave. Now I think it was Eminem, sophomore okay. year, high school, uh, 2002. Okay. Yeah, 50 Cent was on the come up. Eminem was a part of that. Eminem was still killing shit. I think the Eminem show may have came out the year after that. So it's, that yeah, would have been probably Eminem. Yeah, that would have been Eight Mile Time. 2002. I mean, that was the first Eminem uh, record I bought with my own money. Marshall Mathers LP. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey. Learn something new every day. What about you, Goyama? I guess you and Late are pretty close to age. Right? Yeah. Uh, how old are you, man? Don't mind me asking. Is this like? Oh, well, you, you can't drop this information on the show, huh? In dog I went, years. I went like 15. I'm 31. I just turned 31, so 16 yeah. years ago is 2002. I just like put it together like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, M was popping. 50 was popping. Dude, Cameron think- was kind of coming up. Again, 50 had some bangers actually. Jay Z, oh, still mad. Had just came out the other year or something like that. Kanye, Kanye had just he he hadn't come out yet. He He was like, that was like 2003. Yeah, Yeah, at the end of 2003, maybe the beginning, actually, maybe the beginning of 2004. I mean, he was producing, but yeah, he produced all the blueprint which had came out at that time. So I think, dude, I think I was, I think maybe was that when was the Black Star album out? Oh yeah, that came out in '98. Yeah, I feel like I was like '97, '98. I think early I was like definitely like pretty basic in my taste, but I definitely was into like Definition, like Black Star. Yeah. 
I mean, like I think thing. Uh, Get By came out. Oh, Get By was Get By was fire. Get By was fire. Yeah, and also the Black Eyed Peas were dominating as well. <laughs> Let's get it. I don't think they were yet. I don't think Fergie had joined at that point. Well, they were doper before she joined. Debatable. I know, man. That national anthem was fire. Oh yeah, <laughs> she. Uh, I mean, the vocal range is just 200 IQ. No, that was a 200 IQ <laughs> version. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll understand IQ it. Remakes. 50 years from now, we're gonna put it all together. <laughs> it's gonna unlock the secrets to the universe. Oh shit. Yo. Um. Okay. Let me let me go ahead and, and, and hit you off with another uh, temperature check question. How about who's a producer that you think is underrated and deserves more attention for what the work that they're doing in music now? Um, man, my homie in Boston, uh, he goes by Consado. Never heard of him. Uh, he is d- on Dark Than Wax, super underrated, um, just makes amazing music. Um, definitely shout How do you out spell to that? Uh, K-N, K-A-N-S, uh, Consado, S-A-D-O. Okay. There might be an H on there. All right. Um, check that out. And he's getting married, so shout out to him, man. Yo. I'm gonna be at his wedding in October. Shout out to Consado. Yeah. Our listeners, go check that guy out. For sure, check him out. Koyama knows what he's talking about. Late? Arguably. I gotta bump up my hey, IQ. 200 IQ, man. You're on I the gotta merge. Do, I gotta do my Lumosity homework or something, you know? Yeah, man. Yo, so, Koyama, how often are you out here in Japan? I've been coming, like, to Tokyo. Every summer for the past like four or five years. Are um, you so? And I continued. I like plan to continue to do that. So it's kind of like my summer home, even though it is really fucking hot out here. Oh, it's super hot today. Two hundred yeah, IQ um, hot. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, uh, my brain can't. You know. Who Who are you into? That's not a part of like the scene that you participate in. Like even uh, big like music wise. Oh. Yeah. Oh, interesting, man. Recently, like, I did this stuff with, uh, I think it's really fun. Like, I have guilty pleasure, definitely, for, like, just sort of, like, virtuoso guitar stuff. Um, and I did this track with this group called Chan. Uh, they're, like, a really cool, like, sort of math rock group. And yeah. they're from, I think they're from Oceanside, too, man. Are they really? Yeah, like, San Diego Cats. They're super nice. Uh, I, like, I have, I'm familiar with them. It's C H O N, right? Yeah, C H O N. Yeah. Um, their album, uh, Honey. Yeah. You're Ho- on that. Homie, homie. Homie, homie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're on that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I did a track with them for that. Um, but it's like it's like math rock stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's 200 it's, IQ rock. It's like 200 IQ rock. Exactly. I had no idea that it was exactly. going down like this today. This is the <laughs> smartest episode we ever had. I had no idea. Trust me. This is all just coming together. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Uh, they definitely uh, make some very, very cool, like fun, fun yeah, shit to dope, listen man. to. So yeah, um, a lot of that stuff and kind of the the post rock thing. Like I never was really like I didn't know about it until like very recently, until even hearing them. But I like it's like feels like a guilty pleasure when I listen to. It. I like it. You know? oh, they're really good, actually. Yeah, I, I'm into some math. They're all Japanese. No, they're, no, they're uh, yeah, they're from Oceanside. Yeah, Ocean. where I grew up. I don't know. Yeah, well, shout out to Oceanside. When shout I was there, it was six one nine, but now it's seven six zero. Trash. 
Uh, let me ask mm. you a question. Here goes a question. Since yeah. you are, uh, since you are a person that comes out to Japan quite often, and also uh, Japanese. Yeah. Marry, fuck, kill, or oh, rate yeah, them yeah. one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Family Mart, Lawson's, Seven Eleven. Dude, I've de- never done marry, fuck, kill with this, but okay. I, I definitely have a ranking. Okay, do 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 the ranking. One, okay, two, ranking easy for me, but this is—I don't think this is like all Japanese people. I think this is a—I uh, think this is like more American. It's like because it, Family Mart's at the top for me. I think most people fuck with Seven Eleven like harder. Mm. You know, I, like all the all the Japanese people I talk to, like all my cousins, are like Seven Eleven for sure. Like the Oden there is fire, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, I definitely like Family Mart. Just, like, feels like home. And then I, I go Family Mart, Seven Eleven, Lost. Okay. Yeah. You know, this is actually something Layden and I have been working on for a long time. Right yeah. now, we're accumulating the data. And yeah. At the end of the year, Crunch we're going to numbers. Yeah, man, we're, at I the end know. of the year, we're going to put out a uh, you know a research paper sure. about people's taste. Two hundred IQ, on. man. Two hundred I mean, IQ. They all have their you know pros and cons. Things they do better than the other ones. Yeah. As long as you don't pick Sunkiss or Daily Yamazaki, <laughs> yeah. you're good. Yeah, mini stop. Yeah, nah. we don't we don't fuck with any of those. No, I um, think right now I, I haven't redone the numbers, but I think Family Mart is ranked number one with Lawson's two and Seven Eleven three. I think interesting, it's something like that. Yeah, seven not a, a lot of holdings. Love for seven. Yeah. yeah, not yeah. a lot of love for Seven. Dude, I think it depends. People people have strange opinions, but like different it's, reasons. It's rarely number one. It's usually yeah. number two. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, number one is usually between Lawson's or Family Mart. Interesting. So. They do all those natural Lawson's, which like. When, like we, the, when we first started the podcast, I I I pushed really for us not to include um, all the variations of the the main stores because I thought it was a little. And bit I called fake news as I should because Lawson's doing it up. They got Lawson's 100, man. Yeah, well, you know, like I'm not counting like Tomomi, which is like a Family Mart version of the store and like stations and shit like oh, I that. Need to know right, about right. that. Yeah, well, you know, inside of the Tomomi, they've got uh, stuff. <laughs> 200 IQ shit You know what I mean So yeah, that's unfair But hey, no we're, we'll count them now I think word. we'll count them now Yeah, uh, Good stuff Late Oh mm. Like we were talking about That negative space That Miles Davis be on <laughs> that's, that's 200 right. IQ space Yo, uh, <laughs> People are gonna be so pissed off yeah. Listening to this shit Like let me stop that Uh shit Angel and the devil I don't know if I wanted to do that one how would you do Who's fuck your... Mary Kill? By the way, sorry if we're going back well, to that. I think For the like... fuck Mary Kill criteria was like a, we had our homegirl Beatrice on one day, and we did a Mary fuck Kill with some ugly rappers, right? <laughs> and then it just kind of turned into. But we were only talking comedies. lyrically. Yeah, yeah, we were yeah, only talking yeah. lyric, and then it went yeah. to yeah. I guess that is how yeah. it came. Yeah. I think that's kind of how it came across, but you know. For me, my my rationale and Mary fuck kill for for the family marks is like, who am I going to be with forever? Who am I just like down to like smash? And who would I not want to be around? And right. so I went family mart, and I think our guy Sea uh, Dog Alex Alexander Camp, mm. um, the comedian, shout out to him. Mm. He said, yeah, he would go with family mart because of family. So why wouldn't you marry family mart, which focuses on family? But it is kind of like incestuous, you know. Maybe if you're marrying your family. My thought, my thought way. initially. Yo, he just blew my mind right now with his 200 <laughs> IQ observation. 
My thought initially was like, would you fuck someone in a family mart? Oh. Or would you kill someone? <laughs> like, so I was like, oh, is that how it works? Yo, this is a, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's the that Hegelian changes, dialect. That changes all our tallies. That changes yeah. everything. I, I, okay. Oh, wow. Because I think Actually, that's an interesting question, too. This is know? a... This is this just took a turn to the 200 IQ goon maneuver. You know what? Yeah, you know what? I think I think uh Yeah, Goyama, Mart- I'm not sure if you were aware, but you are on the most Wo- wokest podcast yeah. in Asia. Yeah. But Boy. also the most toxic masculine yeah, podcast. Yeah, apparently this is a goon maneuver. Yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. We're we're moving on from this one. I'm going to think about this though. I oh, no, cuz I, I think I've I go seen to that Family porno. Mart more often. I go to Family Mart more often, so I'm more likely to see people in there in which I would partake in sexual activities with. They're well, also hypothetically. They have the most negative space in in, lot, in Family Mart. I it's think. true. Aisle size. Well, Aisle sizes. I will say, out of all the AVs I've seen that are set in a conveni, they usually have a a Lawson's looking uniform. I don't know if that's like Seven <laughs> Eleven and Family Mart are too distinct. Can't get past the copyright. But uh, I do remember her asking him if he had a 200 IQ before he bought his <laughs> items. So I think Lawson's yeah. may be the jump off spot. Yeah, this kind of blew my mind a little bit, man. I'm going to have to spend a lot of time. Thinking. I'm not going to get any sleep tonight. I'm not going to get any sleep tonight. I'll be up all night trying to tally the figures. All right. Um, one more question. Yeah. Everybody knows the Wu-Tang Clan. Who is your favorite member of that clan? Man. Probably got to go with Ghostface, man. I like it. Yeah. I think he has the strongest catalog of all the Wu members. Yeah. Yeah. Most consistency, perhaps. Okay, bet. Wonderful, wonderful. Let's go into into the conversation portion of the podcast now. This is the part where we kind of get to do a little bit more of a deep dive into you as an artist and... uh, and, and you as a person uh so let's 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 draw it all the way back like uh you said that you started playing guitar when you were like two years old not not two uh second grade oh okay second, second grade. grade what is that yeah. like six seven six or seven years old something like this second grade yeah oh, like seven seven, years, seven old? years old oh wow so you've been playing for a long time um your musical interests uh as, as you grew up were they kind of place where your music goes now in terms of like uh was it more like interesting electronic or were you interested in like alternative grunge i did you know it was like i kind of did i went through different phases but like with the guitar thing i did a lot of um i played like my parents went to church like i played in like a church band when i was really young um i did like the wait what kind of church they went to a christian church like a Japanese Christian church. I mean, like what denomination? Like to have a band with a guitar? I don't know if it was denominational. Man. I don't know if the Japanese... Like it, there's, it was a rare thing to have like a Japanese Christian kind of church. Mm. They had like one like sermon in Japanese and then one in, in English. I don't think they had a do- denomination. I know the I Koreans th- get down like that. Yeah. The Koreans I was, do I was get just going to make that, that point yeah. that... Uh, uh, I've seen I've seen probably more Korean um, Korean churches, yeah. Korean Christian churches than, than Japanese. But I know the Koreans is just like here's some Christianity. It's not like Methodist, Baptist, Protestant, right. Catholic type of divisions, evangelical type of. It's just like here goes our Christianity that we're disseminating to people in also Korean. So. Right, right. Okay, okay. Um, you know that's kind of a common thing for people to um, for musicians to kind of. That grow up in the church, yeah, learn yeah. to play music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Devin Morrison was like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, who else was like that? We recently had somebody else that was playing music. Yeah, on our podcast, it said that they started playing in 
in church, I think. I think we well, have a lot of people. Uh, go, go ahead, sorry. I know. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, I know Ramsey's talked about ah, yeah, Ramsey's his was affiliation. Also right, right. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. And yeah. when did you... Sorry, uh, what were you saying, Goyama? Oh, no. I was just saying, yeah, like, uh, I feel like there's a big sort of almost like oral tradition, like kind of similar, like when, you, when you're in that scene, you just like have people that teach you and it's kind of like a community just learn stuff so did you learn in the church or were you taking lessons and then playing at church i did a little a little bit of both a little bit of both Um, when did you start making your own music uh i was in a bunch of bands middle school high school did the band thing um played like a lot of blues guitar like kind of Jimi hendrix sort of blues stuff um and then I did some like more like progressive stuff like jazz fusion and uh and then I went to school like for at, at UCSD um I studied music there they kind of had a jazz program but also it was like they had weird like avant-garde kind of music stuff too so I did a little bit of that um and I think end of high school like beginning of co- like beginning of college more like I started getting into the electronic thing um, a lot because it's like hard to get people together you know like and I loved I think you know I think for a lot of people when they first heard like the Flying Lotus like Los Angeles album it was like oh shit you know like yeah. mind blowing stuff yeah. so like listening to hip hop and then hearing that and like coming from like a like I always loved hip hop for sure but then like I always had this like sort of instrument music background like i was so into that too that like it felt like that was a good like this instrumental like crazy weird harmony stuff like cosmic thing like just really like kind of hit me so that sort of got me into the kind of an interesting observation that like um i mean there were there were producers who would use live instrumentation to add to their albums but largely like a lot of the um there would be more like keys, you know what I mean? Keys yeah. over sample-based production, but um, like guitar-based producers, like with, with a background in playing guitar and making beats as well. I wonder if that was kind of like something that kind of pop started popping off around that era of like the beat scene flourishing. Because I can't, I'm having a hard time thinking of anybody that was laying guitar over beats. Like, yeah, much before that. I remember. Uh, do you know this dude, Dim Light? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah he did some. Great. He yeah, he was crazy, man. Yeah, like he did some guitar True. stuff. He he laid like, but he laid like everything. Yeah. Even to this day, man, I'm like that old production shit that he did was like what? That's really, really phenomenal, actually. And I just tried to um, I tried to Google him because I wanted to remember an album title. I should just look at my phone, but apparently there's a. Uh, some type of death metal band called Dim Light as well. <laughs> that, that is, yeah, uh, brilliant. Band. All right. Yeah. Well, um, from the time that you first heard, uh, you know, kind of like electronic based hip hop style beat production, mm-hmm. uh, when did your first album come out and what was your first uh, piece of music that you created in that vein? Uh, oh, man. I, look, the first thing that I put out was called Glowfish. I think it was like 2011 2000 i think i finished it like maybe 2009 2010 and then just like put it out a little bit later yeah so i was like sort of making beats and like messing around with it for a while and then like finally put out that thing uh 
and it was all like I just put it out by myself. Um, but I was playing shows at the time, like more like I had quartets and like I was in a funk band and like so we'd play a lot and then so getting a venue to like kind of play that kind of stuff at wasn't that hard to do um so it was it was just like I, I kind of got a little bit bored of doing just the guitar thing all the time so it was interesting going into like trying to do a live Ableton set and it was like way more complicated when I started playing like I would, I would set up all these loopers and, and try to do all this stuff live and then at some point I realized that like dude people like had no idea what I was doing anyway and mm -hmm. like there was like inevitably some point in the show where like when I was looping it was like like kind of catch off like get off weird somewhere so I was like oh man I should just like play my tracks you know and like make it a little bit easier for myself maybe play like the guitar uh portion of it over your beat exactly instead of trying yeah, yeah, yeah. To, like send it through a bunch of loop pedals and shit like that right right so, so before you started uh messing with ableton heavily was were you strictly just playing the guitar or yeah yeah or and did you go to school for for music are yeah, you I did. Yeah. With music theory and everything. What's yeah. your What's your background in in music education? Like, uh, what did you study? In, in I, I have a. I think my degree title is like. Uh, jazz, 200 IQ guitarist. 200 <laughs> IQ. Um, it's like jazz studies. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's dope because uh, you get all the cool time signatures type of shit. Right, right. That 200 IQ shit yeah. for sure. Is that what you're teaching? Um, I am not. I'm. I'm a. Right now, I'm a speech therapist, which is like, oh, wow. totally random. Uh, but yeah, un initially it was that, and I don't know if like music. You know, I don't. I still don't know a lot. Like, people out there are just so knowledgeable and, and crazy. I have a lot to learn. But um, I have some music theory background. Really dig it. It's like interesting to me how people, how people perceive music because it's so subjective and that they created yeah. all these rules for it, but. It's like best when you break them. You know? Yeah, well, you know, a thing about hip hop is that largely a lot of people, especially when it first started, um, it's people creating the music uh, without any idea of music theory. And we kind of just figured out as we went along. Yeah. People learn to break the rules of time signatures. And, uh, you know, somebody like Dilla comes along and everybody's like, well, sure, I don't have yeah. to quantize my drums now. And then more and more musical type of people from different musical backgrounds come in and then kind of alter it as well and so like here you are today with this the ultimate american music man yeah, man. yeah a definitely. real melting pot absolutely For sure so you've worked that. with uh you've worked with like a plethora of artists uh can you tell us about some of the artists that you worked with uh just Damn, you know, rifle off yeah, of some names that maybe our fans will will know you mentioned um well, I'll just let you go ahead. Yeah, man. Like, You've worked with tons of people. And actually, let me go ahead and use this opportunity yeah. to say that I probably met you at an Eloquent show like two yeah. years ago, and I didn't know it was you. And then like a year ago, I'm we met at the Beats and Cycle show, which late was at as well, I think, at Circus. Yeah. Yeah. And um, okay. So yeah, I just want to point that out. But you worked with Eloquent Definitely. before as well. That's um, the homie, yeah. Eloquent. It came from, so I was, I was living in Boston when I went to grad school. Say Boston uh, one more time. Did you pick up like the Boston. way to say, okay, I thought you say Boston, ba Boston, Boston, or however Boston. they say it. Yeah. I, I think I say it. I don't know how they say it. I thought I picked I up like that Goodwill hunting accent <laughs> for a second, you know? That 200 IQ accent? Yeah, yeah. 
That's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, when I was living over there, I had this. I was living in this kind of um, this old Chinese bookstore that got converted into a community center. It had like a little live space downstairs. And I would put on this night every month for uh, for beats. Like I was trying to do, you know, I was trying to bring producers together, and um, so a lot of a lot of homies came through that I knew through different like collectives, like being part of these collectives and stuff. Um, I brought Flamingosis, so we did like some stuff together. He stayed with me for a little bit. We did some tracks. Um, Eloquent stayed with me for a bunch, and then since then, like me and Sona are like homies. Like I saw him in Japan, like traveled to New York, and like we put out a bunch of stuff together. Um, let's see. Devin, who? Or I played some Devin. shows with Devin, who he's dope. Uh, I never put anything out with him, but yeah, definitely someone I would love to collab with. Um, we also mentioned yeah. like Ax- Axion. Oh yeah, yeah, and then you know what was crazy is like back in when I was living in San Diego, like that's kind of how where I originally got linked to some of these dudes in the Tokyo scene, like Lidley. Um, like I had this group of kids that um, we would make beats together and play shows, uh, like Gabonano and um, Two North and tall dark like we had a couple of beat crews out there and um we would put out these compilations and uh like lidley and like axion were part of it and um i think that's when i first met them and when i came over here it was like i'll play a show over here and you know and then i kind of just connected since then became homies so those guys are great yeah so many talented dudes in this yeah and like a lot of cool people too lidley's music is getting better and better like he, he's starting to use some keys on there now and, and use keyboard live like when i first saw him he wasn't doing that and now like it, there's a little bit like different type of musicality to his music as yeah, well yeah, definitely and so he's like killing it and our listeners should definitely check out lidley we we talked yeah. about him a lot on the show but he's evolving super dope, for sure man. he's yeah. awesome his, his artistry is a lot of these guys man i saw like artists that i saw like two years ago you see like their new set and they hear their new music and it's just like so much more lush and um, musical uh, yeah, I don't even know if that's a great word to use <laughs> yeah. the music's more musical no but there's a different level of like musicality and kind of yeah it's just really good shout For out to sure. them shout where, out to where does the uh, where does the name Goyama come from uh, so my real name is Garrett <laughs> and uh, my last common name Japanese is... name by the way you know it's weird it's actually apparently it's the number one most common Japanese American name what I think because it sounds like Goreto. Hey. I don't know why. Hold on, I think I got something for that. Oh wait, wait, wait let's go to it. Ah, oh, that's too low. There we go. Oh, there we hey. Go. Really? Mm. Okay. That's, uh, you learn something new every day. But yeah, so so it was, uh, my last name is Oyama, and then my email address in college was Goyama at UCSD. Okay. And uh, and then. It was just kind of a joke, like, because they're like, oh, that's funny, you know, that comes together like that. And so, like, kind of at first, I was a little bit hesitant to use it, but then I just sort of embraced it. That's so, a good yeah. name. It's, it's not bad. I, I, I thought maybe it was like five. Or yeah, something. five, you know I mean? five, five mountains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Ah, okay, that's yeah. cool, man. And uh, you, you come from, uh, you're, you're Japanese, you're, you're full Japanese, but... Um, yeah, Japanese-American. Um, yeah, my grandparents... On one side, we're born in Japan, 
came through to America, and then on the other side, it's like my great grandparents. So, okay. um, so it's like a little bit of distance, but all right. And and you grew up. You grew up uh, where? Uh, so I was born in LA. Um, spent most of my childhood in like a suburb of like San Francisco area. Yeah. When was the first time that you came to visit Japan? First time was it's pretty late. Like maybe oh, it was college. Like yeah, oh, wow, college time. Okay, and you still got you've got a lot of family out here as well. Yeah, yeah I have some cousins I stay with um, that I'm staying with now in the Shinjuku area. What kind of what kind of stood out to you as like a, a Japanese American uh, coming to you know Japan, which is you know so culturally homogenous and and insular what was one of the things that stood out to you as like a japanese person that's born and raised in the united states but still has kind of rich cultural roots here and family here did mm. your did your like uh japanese family kind of be like yo why are you so weird <laughs> you know what i mean like i mean they're, they're so nice like they they kind of have uh they're sort of like more american vibes like in, in how they communicate um like they don't have the the same levels of like formality like they like never use like kago or anything they're just like no i think they're pretty open um and i I feel like even even though that there's like at first there's like a pretty big language barrier i feel like there was never i don't know it always felt very warm um but definitely like coming to japan there's some huge some huge cultural shock sort of things but overall i don't know man could you see yourself question. moving out here and living out here? Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to live out here for a while. Yeah, would be rad. Um, and you, you're saying like this is like your summer home. You come back yeah, pretty much yeah. every summer. Yeah, cool. So now I've been back. Cool. Um, but the, yeah, I think the scenes here, the scene here is really cool too. And like going to that like live event, you know, yesterday I was like, oh, I met all you guys yeah. <laughs> and felt like a little family. So. The, the live event that he's talking about for our listeners is Devin Morrison's going away party. Uh, Devin's going to take off and go to Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, last night, man, I mean, so many people who are dope within the culture were there. Like Kojo was there. I mean, all the regular homies were all there. And uh, we even met your homies who are like world class beatboxers. And we were hoping that they would come through tonight, but they're probably, yeah. I think they leave tomorrow. So yeah, they leave tomorrow. They had some different plans. But yeah, they're awesome. Gene came through, like Gene's Japanese American too. We can't. We did some shows together like four years ago in Japan. Um, yeah, I'm reminiscing about that, but definitely check check those guys out too. Uh, GVSB Box, Gene Shinozaki. Yeah, um, I was I, I was really class. hoping to hear them beatbox. What what are some since you've been kind of involved and played shows in in both uh, in both scenes in both communities? What are some of the things that stand out to you as differences between like the Los Angeles, uh, you know, California beat scene uh, as compared to Tokyo's beat scene? Um, good question, man. I I think like I was never part of like the proper LA. Like I never really lived in LA when I was making making that kind of music. So I don't know what it's like in such a big, feels like a bigger pond over there. Like in San Diego, it was pretty small. It's pretty, it felt like this and like kind of insular. I, I remember like starting to go to shows, even like selection shows. Like I'd see like Sango and it'd be like two people, you know? Damn. And like, oh, wow. and now it's like, I don't know, probably like stadiums or whatever. 
But yeah, um, so in the beginnings of, the, of that scene, it felt kind of similar. And that like people, so like you saw them and it was like, you're automatically like homies. You're automatically like, you know, family. Cause you're like, oh, you, you know, make beats, you we know, like, the same, like the same stuff. Did we just become best yeah, friends? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> On some, uh. Um, Step brothers. Step brothers. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I mean, aesthetically, Uh, they're real similar. Like, they do the low end theory, or they used to do it out here. And you could, like, trade any one of their guys with, like, you know, Buddha or Submerse. Right, right, right. There would be, like, no difference almost. Definitely. Yeah, it would still be, like, a strong lineup. Yeah. Yeah. And sonically, too, it's like, yeah, this fits here. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely I, you know i think one thing though is like it people really focus on like one thing here um i think california is really fickle california is like fickle and i think a lot of people try and follow trends like even even in like very micro genre sort of situations like they'll kind of sort of sort of try and predict what's next and like always like be trying to change their style based on that i think tokyo is a little bit different in that they they like kind of latch on to this like micro genre and then they'll just like stick with it. that and they'll just like master it yeah, yeah. man there's like crazy I, I saw this store the other day like i think it was somewhere in harajuku but it was like a huge ass store like dedicated to like this one rockabilly aesthetic Mm. Have you ever seen it before? Uh, not the yeah. not that store in particular. I don't think. They, oh, wait, they might be a lot out. of them. Well, I haven't seen that store, but those guys. I don't know if they still do as regularly, yeah. but they used to hang out in front of Yoyogi Park like every Sunday mm. or something, yeah. and just the like, guys would like do their the dances. Super huge pompadours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was like a whole store. There was like no one in there, but like the dudes in there that were working were like you could tell they're dedicated. Yeah, hardcore you know, like, cosplay like, going on. Right. But, I've heard but, yeah, that's they, a real like island mentality like when they adopt like something that's not originally part of their culture to like not seem inauthentic about it they really focus yeah, on it and try to yeah. portray it the right way australia kind of has the same kind of feel huh. like their hip-hop at least in my opinion especially at the be- well i'm not gonna say the beginning but a lot of it's like real boom bappy when i was listening to it like yeah. real backpack kind of oh this is real hip-hop kind of yeah feel. yeah <laughs> yeah, it, here in here in Japan, they kind of like it's it's interesting. Like I was talking about earlier, some of these cats kind of musicalities kind of change in their music. Yeah, but a, a, quite a, not not to not to say that any of the people I mentioned, like Lidley, um, are are what I'm talking about. But several of these cats, like. Uh, they all make like a very specific like version of hip hop uh, in terms of range, BPM, sound, and kind of vibe. And right. it's just like none of their music deviates out of that like yeah, at totally. all. And it's kind of like the that new lo-fi wave that is so popular now, like yeah. chill beats to study to. Yeah, yeah. There's like like you can go to a beat show and that's all that will be played mm. is that same vibe. But, you know, there is some variety. I think that there's starting to be more variety in the type of shows as well, like, Mm. uh, recently. So, interesting. Yeah, definitely. How are the crowds... Well, sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, I think... Like, that's a pocket. I definitely know... uh, It's not... Yeah, the music, like, evolves, but, like, in a more subtle way, I think. Um, Because, like, they're, like, very strict on these, like, certain boundaries of, of what's, you know what's okay to be authentic you know in that in that scene but yeah um i'm playing this show 
tomorrow for this a like. What? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's at Tokyo Fight Cage. Um, I've never even heard of that venue. It's actually pretty dope, Above man. Is I went it there like too. a secret and shit? Like it's like some secret shit. It's on the fifth floor of this like uh, building in Shibuya. Mm. And they have like a, like, it's like, it looks like an MMA like fighting ring. And I think I'm going to be playing in there, like in the ring. Oh. Um, but it's free. So y'all should come through if you have time. Oh, shit. Uh, before last train. Okay. So you can make it out. Ah. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll get the information. By the time our listeners hear this, it will already have happened. Uh, mm. This episode will come mm. out Friday, this Friday. Yeah. But but yeah, maybe um maybe I can check that out. I should be staying home and editing this episode, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, through, man. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, that crew that's putting it on, like we are dosing. Do you know those guys? I was yeah. just about to say, Callum told me that they yeah. did a show there, but yeah, that's who it is. Yeah, so yeah, and and they're doing a lot of like diverse. I feel like diverse shit they're bringing they're doing big shit and like yeah they're doing big shit yeah um shout out to those things shout out shout out to them and they're really cool he was there last night yeah yeah those guys are awesome very cool are you doing any more shows in tokyo while you're out here that is it okay i'm going to okinawa actually hey that's dope so i'm gonna hit you up for some recommendations sure absolutely man i know a lot of people out there um a couple of the dope beat makers are out there now too bug seeds out there as well oh really yeah i'm tight Cool. Nice. But we're um so what what uh what is one of your like uh what's your newest project or do you have something coming out to talk about? Yeah, the, uh I got a couple of things like in the works. Um next year I'm sort of scaling back on work and trying to like do more music stuff. Uh, but I'm gonna I got two two sort of projects and I'm working on one of them's like um one of them's like a secret project. Um, actually a few one okay so my homie gene is the beatboxer um and this singer named show uh we all met up in new york and uh we're gonna try and do a little album together like all he's a singer like a dope singer that's out in ny and uh gene the beatboxer and then trying to like produce this and like figure out we're gonna meet up in san diego um sometime in september for a few days just kind of shed get into a little like you know studio and, yeah. and work it out so that's one project that's happening soon and i think it's gonna be interesting man. i don't know like yeah like doing having produce production beatboxing and singing in some like way that might that, that's like, like a know. really interesting kind of amalgam of approaches yeah. we'll so, see what happens we'll yeah, see what happens dope. and um so that that's going to come yeah. out like uh, for our listeners, if they were to go pick up like a piece of your your art, a piece of your music, which uh, yeah. which album would you would you point them towards? Um, I think the, the last one that came out, like uh, the, exploration. the exploration. Yeah, that was darker than wax. They put it out. Um, yeah, I'd probably point them there. On like yeah, if you just search or, it, for the listeners, if you just search his name Goyama, Go Space Yama, it'll pull up his SoundCloud, Bandcamp, and even the Darker Than Wax yeah. website, which is where or their SoundCloud or Bandcamp. Because you, I don't think you can purchase the album from your page. You have to go no, to their yeah. page to purchase it. Yeah, right? they kind of so. set everything for it. So yeah, um, that one's but really if you're dope, if you're a fan of like Ghibli movies, <laughs> uh. I did like a little remix album of like different stuff from Glim- Miyazaki. Glimpses from the spirit plane. Glimpses, yeah, glimpses from the spirit plane. Um, yeah, 
I have a lot of like unreleased stuff that. I was listening to um, the Vintage Soul joint that you did with Axiom today, mm-hmm. and man, that one's really chill for summer too. Thanks, man. You also have the ramen Shit. remixes um, ramen joint remixes, that you did, yeah. which has like some late. Late was playing some of the the beats earlier. You you remix a lot of tracks from like really notable artists such as like Fiona Apple, Fly Low, um, Japanda. Uh, yeah. you, you know, have the the designer flip, and yeah, um, yeah Keith, there's a Keith Ape remix on there that's really good. Mm, um, so. Radiohead. So yeah, for listeners that want to check out kind of how you approach um, taking somebody else's music, that's a good one to check out as well, too, man. I so, think it's fun. Really yeah, it's good. fun to, to flip tracks. And, yeah, yeah that one is dope. Actually, um, I got that one when I met you last year. I got I got this that album. Uh, and I think our listeners, I think it's free online. Yeah. Hey, yeah. yeah. So go check free that stuff. out. Shit. Yeah. You know, get some dope music for the price of on the house. <laughs> and then go support his uh free ninety nine right man. there. Yeah. Really dope, yeah. man. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and take a little commercial break. Mega Late Show episode number forty one with the mighty mighty and uh technically impressively talented and other adjectives that um a two hundred IQ person would probably tell you right now. Straight up. Yo, um yeah, yo, thanks. Uh, and and right before we go, where can they can find oh I just told them where we can find the music. Yeah. Commercial break. So what's so special about this low-key guy living a low-key life? Well, go inside his house. See that chalkboard? See the board in the living room? Can you figure out what any of that means? We couldn't either. That's not doodling. This particular paper is on something called a conspansive manifold. That's the work of a guy with an estimated IQ of about 200. Yo, welcome back. Mega Late Show, episode number 41. 200 IQ episode. We're here with Goyama. Yes, what's yes, up, yes, yes. Let me, where's my applause drop? That's right, we're back. And uh, right now we're going to go into the weather report segment of the podcast, which is where um, uh, some of us, all of us maybe, share a track that we're listening to, uh, something that we want to talk about, or anything of that nature. So um, we're going to go ahead and get started with Goyama's track. And um, let's see. Goyama, do you want to talk about the track before you play it? We usually talk oh, yeah. over over the, the track. Oh, cool, cool. Um, and if it's something that you've released already, I can cut it and then put it at the end of the podcast for our listeners to listen to it right after they're done listening to the podcast. Yeah, Is this yeah. Pre- previously released stuff? Uh, it's I, I mean, it's not like released on any records, just like uh, like SoundCloud release. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. So I can, uh, yeah, let's. Uh, I can let's throw it down. Rock it then. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Um, yeah. I made this go. last year in Tokyo when I was like just hanging out. Okay. It's got some uh, like it's it's one of the first where I like did like a guitar riff that started it and like I was just making a riff and wanted to go through these different modes like modal interchange. Okay. And then like uh to kind of infer these different like harmonies um yeah what is the name of it it's called the stochastic that's some 200 iq shit so i thought it would fit (laughs) stochastic means like random like uh me and my homie had like we were in boston right before and we had all these talks about how like the energy we bring into the world it's it's either like 
we kind of bring this randomness to the world, you know, in a way. Like, it's very stochastic energy. But sometimes you got to be, like, more purposeful about stuff. Like, like for example, like, you want to bring good into the world, right? Yeah. And sometimes we think that we can kind of just jump around and then, like, by being who we are, we might, you know, be a net positive for the world. Sure. But I think a lot of times when I'm being, like, just random, I might be more of a net negative, you know? I'm, sure, like, not trying yeah. to do that, you know, but... Yeah. Um, Chaotic think, evil and shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe not yeah. evil, but just you know, like I feel Chaotic like neutral. I wanna I want it to be a Chaotic little bit lawful. more <laughs> Right, right. This right. is some D D like <laughs> archetype. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man. I mean yeah. it's cool to kind of coast along turbulently but gently, but sometimes uh you're not gentle enough for other people right. when you're just random. So to add a little purpose. Yeah. Purpose. Cool. Yeah. And this drag is very stochastic. It's very oh, random. I dig it, man. You are so dope off of that guitar, damn man. Thanks, man. It really Appreciate is, it. and I think I think your you know your your background in guitar adds a very interesting element to your beats because I mean of course within within the beat community there's plenty of people who are super talented in making beats but um, there's less people who are as talented as playing the guitar and go on these kind of you know uh, musical runs and chord progressions and the way that you uh, incorporate those elements of guitar into your beats really gives you a different um, flavor and sound and so listening to listening to your beats man is it's it, it oh it's going into another oh it's my bad Okay. Yeah. Oh, can you can you play it again? Can we yeah, repeat yeah, it one more time sure. since we're still talking about it? Yeah. But yeah, man, I I find that there's like this really solid quality of like musicality. I've said musicality a few two times, Thank a you, few man. times too many on this podcast. But there's a really there's a really after you say it two hundred times, you can stop. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's a really strong like. I mean, it's not monotonous. It's not the same loop you know um with like a like a baseline under it that is just like kind of static and just you know repeating over and over again mm -hmm. where somebody could you know sample uh like a measure and then just loop it and it's the same mm -hmm. thing with yours there's progressions and there's more sounds coming in and, and oh, changes thanks, into all elements of it so man this is super dope i really can, appreciate it can you pretend like we know anything about guitars and just geek out on us? Yeah, tell us tell us about the approach to this and what you're doing, if if possible. Yeah, definitely. And also so at the end of this, like if you can do a little air guitar. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Do 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 do. Yeah. Uh, um. So, essentially, like uh, w with this guitar riff, uh, it was kind of like trying to go through so I, I i infer that it's like a a minor in the beginning and then um as i go through the different loop it, it will infer that it's a different mode of a so like the third like kind of part of the riff it goes into like it turns into a ionian so it's a different mode right so the first is like a uh you know aeolian and then it becomes a dorian and then becomes a ionian and then the last part of the riff it uh it goes it you know infers like a harmonic minor of a so like i'm trying to like get through all those modes so then like as i'm playing through the changes like here like playing a solo over the changes uh you can kind of hear right here will change that's like a different mode of a so like it makes it a little bit more interesting to, p to play guitar over it because it's not like i'm just playing over a minor the whole time you know it's like i can sort of infer these different notes that'll make it kind of stand out a little bit more 
So Mega, do you know why I understood all of that? Why? 200 IQ. 200. Yeah, listening ability. <laughs> active I know. Listening. I know about modes. Yeah. The Simpsons. Hey. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. give me that Lydian mode. That's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. What what kind of guitar are you using? R- run it back one one. I just yeah, like to sure. keep playing. Yeah, that would be dope. What, what kind of guitar are you playing? Uh, so this I'm playing a Strat, Fender Strat, um, American made. I don't know what year it is. Standard. Oh shit, um, that's a good question. Who who are the best guitarists right now? Or in, of yeah. all time. Who are some of your favorites? <sighs> That's tough, dude. Like, there's so many different genres. I feel like there's yeah. dudes killing it in every genre. Um, and, and man, like, the historical significance plays a big role, too. True. Like, yeah, like, like Jimi um, Hendrix wasn't, like, the most technically great guitarist, for sure. But, you know, he had, like, more of a impact on how guitars play than almost anyone, you know? I think it's, like, rap, too, you know? Yeah, like, like true, rock true, true, true. Yeah, like, it's not super technically mind-blowing now but it's just Back then, still he so changed tight the way everybody rapped yeah, he changed right. rap the, right. what, what you could do like um you know i'm a i'm a big like uh, jaco pastorius fan oh yeah jaco's like, the shit man like portrait of tracy is mm. one Donnelly. of the most beautiful songs that i've ever heard in my whole life and there's not a single word on it you know it's just yeah. him and it sounds like he's playing two you know what I mean? It's like two guitars, two two basses, and yeah. it's like I didn't. I mean, I think before when people heard that, they're like, "Yo, this guy's cheating somehow." Like they're sequencing <laughs> yeah. this. You know, they're they're putting this on multiple tracks. But then that guy gets up in front of everybody and just, you know, he created kind of something new. Yeah. I guess you know the historical significance of him is just you know. I like dope. that clip of Prince. I think it's at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame oh, induction, yeah. and like. I don't remember who's on stage, but it's like guys like John Mayer and like uh, Eric Clapton and like Steve Van Zandt. Am I? Is Steve that a Ray Vaughan? Mate, yeah, Stevie Steve Ray Vaughan. Okay. And then all of a sudden, Prince walks out and he's just, you know, he's Prince. Yeah, yeah. He like kind of throws his arms down and does this fucking crazy guitar solo. Oh man! And takes his guitar and like throws it up, <laughs> and it doesn't come back down, and he walks off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I heard a That's I heard so a quote tight. from Eric Clapton. They were like, um, uh, some uh, some interviewer was like, um, "How does it feel to be the greatest guitarist in the world?" And he's like, I don't know. You'd have to ask Prince. So, yeah. You know, I guess Prince, Prince is super nasty with that. Prince is dope. For sure. He has, like, such a presence, too. Yeah. Rest in but peace, He Prince, did. Man. Rest in peace. Word. Sure. All right. Well, shoot. Mm. Let me go into my little uh, portion of the weather report. Now, every once in a while, I like to, I like to do this on the podcast. It's kind of like uh, people know that I'm like an older hip-hop head and, and kind of into a lot of things from the past and, and all that jazz. But now this album is um, maybe I should just play the play song while we're while we're getting busy to it. But this album came out 20 years ago on uh, the 14th. It would be it would be 20 years old. And it is the Beastie Boys, Hello Nasty. And the reason, here, let me play something. Oh, it's playing too low. Hold up. Excuse me. Sounds. Yo, this is too dope. Hold on, let me run that back. Yeah, I like that. And it intentionally only plays in one ear, but. Yeah. 
Yo, this album is is so crazy to me. Um, I haven't really burned this album that much. Yo, it is it is undoubtedly my favorite Beastie Boys album, and maybe that's just because you know it came out when I was like it, it, in '98. I was like 16 years old, yeah. and I was still breakdancing back then. And um, you know, it kind to me it kind of like epitomized hip hop at the time mm. it, in a way that few albums do. I, I mean, when you listen to it, it's sample driven. There's back and forth rap. Um, yeah. Technically, they're not very like they're more simple MCs, like a, coming from like an '80s tradition mm. of MCing. But there's some really interesting rhyme schemes. They've got like the highest tier of DJ um, scratches on so many of the yeah. tracks. Um, there's group ad libs. They're also like pretty woke. They're decrying like misogyny and kind of the opulence of the mainstream materialism at the time. Um, not only that, but at the time they were also very outspoken about the injustices that were going on in Tibet, and like. The album is also so wildly diverse. Like, number one, no two tracks sound the same. And there's also, like, tracks that are, like, that's not even really a hip-hop style track, right? It's more like some type of, like, indie rock track. And and to me, like, especially in retrospect, thinking about it, it's crazy because during that era was, like, two years after the Telecommunications Acts, which allowed, you know, Viacom and Clear Channel and all these large uh, mega conglomerate, media conglomerates to purchase up all the radio stations and then start charging more. And yeah. so, like, a lot of hip-hop shit wasn't being curated by people who were of the culture now there were playlists that were you know getting payola from radio um from uh music uh you know music labels and mm -hmm. shit like that so during this time it's like right when no limit started to really blow up and where hip-hop music was taking this turn towards like materialism and things of that nature and yeah. then there sits this album which is like one of the most like it clicks all the boxes on this is hip-hop this is hip-hop but this was getting no play on black media outlets even back then and it was mostly you know of course the beastie boys have a larger white audience in comparison to their total fandom but you know they're also white mcs and this shit was getting played on like indie rock you know stations and and shit things of that nature and, and it's just so crazy to me because you know i feel like this album should kind of be respected more within like the, the era just for the type of shit that they were doing there's there's a track called Negotiation Limerick File where every they go back and forth and everything is a limerick. So it's like A-A-B-B-A, all the verses. And it's just fucking great, well, man. This has Sabotage on it? No, Sabotage is on Ill Communication, which was before, which kind of made people say the Beastie Boys aren't like hip-hop anymore. This is like some mini rock shit. This has, this has Intergalactic on it. Okay, word. This has well, Intergalactic. Well, yeah, that's like... Fucking smash, bro! This has so many b-boy jams on it for me. Like I well, could break I could, so much of this. I mean, it's the same thing like with Eminem. You know, if he raps over any kind of like hard rock sample, like Aerosmith or even like a big beat kind of sample, they're gonna play that on like the rock stations. Yeah, just because. Right. Like you would never hear this on. No. A radio station in Atlanta. No. I mean, this shit wasn't on BET. Like, this shit was absolutely not on BET. Yeah. And I just feel like so many of the tracks are undeniably, like, hip-hop fucking jams. Like, the, the beat on Negotiation Limerick File, like... I, I mean, like, they have lines on here, like, sucka MCs are problematic. Like, man, it's just... It, like, listen to this shit come in. 
and like undeniably like and and what's crazy is like it's not like traditional boom bap like oh here goes some boom bap it's kind of progressive their sound is very progressive on this and their approach to it is very progressive the the biggest knock against them as being highlighted in that era is that like the level of competitive lyricism was so high there was so many people doing that and the beastie boys that's like the box they don't click they're not like technically uh impressive lyricists they're very tight like like a day you know what i mean like day they're very tight but they're not they're no they're no ghost faces uh, i don't think that's a fair comparison what do you mean de la soul well, I mean, what I'm saying is like De La, they're very clean. It's like boom, boom, boom. I'm gonna rap. Paz is gonna come in, you know. And it's I mean, very Paz clean. is like regarded as one of the best MCs ever. Yeah, but uh, in terms of like, like Paz is not on the same level as like a Cool G rap or a Big Daddy Kane in terms of like technic, technical, like technical, prowess. like ability. Like they don't, they don't really approach that Eminem Black Thought level of like intricacy. It's more of like a simple deliberate kind of like very clean and precise rhyming style and i think the bc boys are kind of like they're simpler than pos like you know pos is a, a better mc than all of them i would say but but what, what i'm trying to say is that like the bc boys just like that's the only box that they're not really checking off, checking off in terms of like hip-hop everything else is like there and this album has like this track here um i i don't know you know, I think it's I think it's MCA that's doing the vocals on it. And when I, you know, rest in peace, MCA, when I think about him and like him as an artist and my respect for him, this is the song I think about. It's like so solemn and melancholy. And there's something kind of like rejoiceful about it, but also sad. You know what I mean? It's just this is, you know, this is not a hip hop track, but on a hip hop album, like later we we accept this. Like people can make different types of sounding tracks. Yeah, this and, is, you know fucking... what I mean? Lil Pump, XXX, Tentacion, you know, all that shit. I just think that the album is so good, man. Tight, man. Lord, I have to go back to this. Yeah. I usually right. fuck with, you know, License to Ill and Paul's Boutique. Boutique. Yeah. yeah, you know, Ill Communication. Um, all, all super great. But, man, um, again, this one really stands out for me because, like, I was 16 at the time. And so... Like, I remember this was, like, in juke, jukeboxes. And, like, you know, I could put it in and be like, yo, I can, like, play, like, all this all the way through. I'll put yeah. $5 in and get, you know, get a whole album off. And, um, yeah, man. That's a beautiful yeah. thing about, like, a whole out al- Like, the arc of the whole album is, like, kind of lost on, on this generation in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's it's very, it, I mean, and it sounds so clean. Like, I can't, I can't say enough good things about this album. Like, I mean... 20 this, years ago this song is kind of making me sad a little bit because <laughs> like this is how I feel about it. But you know, um, yeah, it's got body moving on it. You know, like mm. classics. Yeah. I don't know. Do you guys? I don't know. Fucking BC Boys, phenomenal. Twenty years. Damn. Twenty years. I always like MCA's voice. Yeah. Um, I'm. I might be like more of a Mike D guy, actually. Yeah. yeah I, he just has a, like some of his lines just stick out to me a little bit, a little bit more, like. I feel I feel like kind of they tickle that kind of like immature kind of like party kid 
vibe that I get sometimes, like kind of like fart I mean, jokey like shit, but not fart jokey. New York punks. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's kind of like, and, and and I feel like instead of being associated with punk music like they should be, they started to be more associated with like frat boy music for some reason. Mm. And, and, yeah, yeah, but you know, peace boys. That's my share. That's my little weather report for the day, guys. Dope. Should we go into some uh, some news? Hold on. Hold on. I want to bust this new segment. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me turn this down. You uh, want to bring some music in or? Nah, not yet. Okay. Let's uh, keep this playing low. Goyama, can you yes. pull your phone back out? For sure. Do you listen to music on your phone a lot, like when you're out? Um, sometimes, yeah. What What do you use to listen to music? Um, Spotify, too. Spotify or iTunes. So are you like a playlist guy or do you like find an artist and pick a song? Yeah, I usually like find an artist. Yeah. Right. Uh can you go to like your recently played? Sure. Yeah. And like just throw something on at random. I think I just like the last thing I listened to was like the the newest like Childish Gambino joints, like the summer things he dropped. Well, drop it. Um, yeah. Summertime magic. Yeah, I think so. That Kalimba shit. When did you start fucking with a uh, Gambino? Man, I never really. Uh, I didn't really like. I was like, late in the game, you know, like Redbone. Mm. Redbone and. Uh, like you know awaken my love shit you know that's when i first started like I, I mean um actually that's not when i first started he used to make he used to make uh like idm edm music hmm. um back when he was doing the Derek comedy skits on that's right he had like he, his own yeah he did all the music for those pretty much and they were all like um electronica like edm hmm. but look but but not like uh, the fixed genre of like house or trance or anything like that but they were all like electronic beats and i liked his stuff then mm. but i didn't like download his albums or anything and when he started doing the childish gambino stuff i didn't really like his music i was just like yeah i'm, I'm not feeling it at all early the, childish gambino's not great yeah yeah I, I mean i didn't i can't say that i gave it like a very good chance to grow on me but yeah, my yeah. first impressions of it were like i don't need to listen to this and the awaken my love album mm -hmm. um that one was really musical there was a <laughs> yeah. lot of musicality <laughs> yeah but th on that there was like some 200 iq shit and i said okay this is a really good album even though even though i thought it was kind of like i'm not feeling that this is the greatest shit like that's just mm. like a bootsy collins you know sample mm -hmm. put over like another sample this that we all love like so right. but i mean it, it was good and I still am not a big fan of Childish, but I feel like um, after Atlanta, I'm more interested in his artistry. It's funny, man. Like, usually I root for the home team pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's not true. Being Atlanta, I really don't give a the fuck Atlanta home team. About, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, peace up. I don't really care about a lot of the mumble rappers, I guess. Mm. But, I mean, the city's, like, hot right now. On fire. Nobody say Hotliner, please. Yeah. But like, uh, I don't really do that for Childish Gambino or Donald Glover. I just like like him 
as an artist or as an actor. I forget he's from Atlanta a lot of the time. He had this mixtape royalty. I think I've talked about it before. I just thought that shit was so dope. His other stuff I'm like okay on, and these two tracks are good. Like they're good. Mm. Bop. Yeah. Bops, that's yeah. the word now. There's some bops, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, who, who else are you listening to? Do you fuck with like Chance or anybody else in this vein? Or you just like yeah. this vibe? Um, I mean, like I literally just like I saw, I think I like looked at the fader and I was like, oh, Childish Gambino has new tracks. I should listen yeah. to them, you know? Um, so yeah, that's that's what I, that's why I put it on. Um, but yeah, I think he's He's got a lot of... He's, like, such a multi-talented sort of dude. That, yeah, he's, like, crazy, like, um, multi-hyphenate, creative. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, f- for me, I prefer his, like, his acting and his comedy stuff uh, to his music. I just... Mm. His music, um, while it doesn't... Like, I wouldn't say that it's bad by yeah. any means, but it just doesn't, like, really do anything for me. Mm-hmm. I can see why people like it, but... Just not really like the last joint. Um, uh, this is America. This is America. Mm. The video, like the like the audio, like the video, yeah, what the visual of it. The was, video? Oh man, that'd be like a whole another twenty minute segment. Yeah. <laughs> I think like I think we got into it a little bit on here, but um, the video was like you know phenomenal for what they wanted to accomplish, yeah. regardless of you know where you fall on your thoughts on it. But it just seemed like a really good video. But the song itself, oh, I was just like, if you listen to. It's like it, there's like I feel like there's like kind of a trend where it's like some of these music videos are like the the reason the song sounds good mm. like uh, God's Plan the music video mm. is really what people were talking about mm. on that joint um, Ape Shit it's a good song you know the Carters but like that music video was really what the crazy Holy conversation shit. was focused around being in the Louvre that's that's you know that's a flex. I was like, that's a super flex. For sure. And then, like, This Is America. Like, these three songs, it got a lot of people talking in the music community. Um, like, mostly it was dope because of those videos. And, like, Childish I thought, just... Yeah. yeah. I, I, there was... The song was, like, a little... It was interesting in... Because... there was It was weird. When I heard it, I don't know if people got the same sense, but the... Like, the portions of the song... Like the, they're like micro tuned, like the I don't know if it's the sample, but like it's like twenty cents off of the, like the the like tone that it should be, hmm. and like the in, like banjo picking or whatever it is. Yeah, and then like the the harmonies that they use, um, like they. Do you have perfect pitch? I don't have perfect pitch. I have pretty good relative pitch. So if you tell me like a, a note, then I'll, I'll know what the next one is. Oh, well, he should have been here when we were doing our quartet <laughs> shit, man. We was on our boys to men shit a couple months ago. You could have helped us out. I'll, I'll be on that. Yeah. Um, no, but go ahead. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I very interested in your opinion about it because I just don't listen to music to, in that capacity. It's weird. Like, I don't know. I feel like when I talk about music, it's uh, everyone. It's cool. Like, everyone always hears like very different parts of, of what, what happens in the track. I feel like I'm like first drawn to like, oh, what's the harmonic structure? Mm-hmm. And like, how does it? how does it work like there's like this like almost mechanical part of it um but when i heard it the first time it was like it felt like they used the sample and like they didn't like micro tune it correctly 
or maybe not correctly. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to go for it because it like feels like it's really tense, mm. and um, even like like the really happy portions, mm. um, like they there's like a tension, and uh, it's almost like there's several cents off hmm. of like in what this, it should be. Are you saying this is was a detriment to the track in your opinion? Like it made it sound off to you? It's funny. It it actually was pot. Like I liked oh, that really? about it. Like it made it more interesting okay. to me. See, I'm interested in what you're listening to because, like, when people get more into things, like the general, what the general audience is into, they're usually kind of like off of it because, like, they can hear all the like little shit that's not good, or they like know that oh, this uh, is yeah. based off of this. I'm not really it's into like, this. It's like listening to a DJ set. If you're a DJ, you're like, yeah, yeah, you're like, they <laughs> fucked that transition up, or like that scratch was off, or right. you know, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know, man. I, I think a lot of times, like when I notice interesting stuff, a lot. Of, I like when people kind of disregard how it should be and like fucking put shit in there because I'm like, oh, like I would never think to do that because like I feel like a lot of times I'm bound by these rules in my head. Like mm. it should transition from a five to a one here, you know, like or something like that, where someone's like, I'll just throw in this sample and like you know, it, and go to this sample, and then the way that you know whatever comes out about it like turns into some weird resolution but then i'm like when i hear it i'm like yeah that's tight like i wouldn't think to do that you know so i, I feel like a lot of it is kind of cool like when i listen to stuff that that breaks rules or it's like kind of off i like it and i think i don't have perfect pitch in the, you know like how a lot of people sometimes it's like a tune that's off like will kind of bug them I, I don't really get that sense I almost like sure. I like the tension I like I it know. I dig it very dope yeah that was kind of the uh, the fifth segment of the podcast yeah oh when his like phone just kept playing yeah like well, well with Fitz right Fitz was on the podcast last yeah. week and um, you know for the weather report Fitz was like oh I got this uh, you know Here's my here's my joint. Yeah, I'm just gonna pull. You know how yeah, Fitz yeah. is. Fitz, yeah, I'm fucking, gonna pull my phone cool, out and uh, a, like. Here's he, what I was listening to. He too damn cool and shit. Like always, <laughs> yeah. like just cool as shit. Oh, so he just pulled out his he just pulled out his iPod and like hit play and it was like Puff Daddy. He's like, bad boy. <laughs> and, and like, well, oh, this is a great idea for you yeah. know a segment to just like plug in your phone and see what's yeah. what's rocking with it. I don't really have any uh, any news. Oh. Um. Shit, I just forgot. Oh, Charlemagne, are we going to talk about that? Um, yeah, we can talk about Charlemagne the God. Mm. You familiar with Charlemagne the God? I'm familiar, yeah. I don't have much to say about I, I didn't. I didn't follow the story too closely. What's, what, what's going on? Um, Apparently, on his podcast a few years ago, he was telling... Fuck, I, I, can't, I don't want to laugh when I tell this story, but it's so dumb, like, what he did. I mean, it's heinous, but... The way he did it so nonchalantly is like, what the fuck? He was like telling a story of him basically slipping something in a girl's drink. Well, he slipped something in the drink they were both drinking. And then like his story afterwards is like real kind of, wait, what? Somebody, somebody raped her while she was under the influence while she was at his party or some shit, right? He says they only had sex. Okay. So it's like he raped her mm. basically whoa i thought he went they charged him is this another story because no he was, this is this one the so same story. They, they, they were charging him but the mom didn't want the 
the daughter to be involved. So he only got like probation. Yeah, he was something. on probation for like 10 years off of it. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard him tell that story before, so it wasn't a surprise to me when the girl came out. But apparently, um, the girl decided that she wanted to speak out again about it um, yeah. publicly now uh, and make her voice heard, um, just for whatever reason that she had. And so, um, Charlemagne's like, "Yeah, I've talked about this. I've admitted, you know, that mm-hmm. it was kind of a dumb thing to do, and I'm like a different person now." Mm-hmm. And that's that's how I've that's how Charlemagne Charlemagne's been, you know, presenting himself as for. The last couple years of where his success has grown wildly. So I, I actually didn't. I, I usually listen to the Brilliant Idiots podcast, but Andrew Schultz is very problematic for me at times, and sometimes I can't deal with him. And so I haven't listened mm-hmm. to like the last three weeks, and I only saw this story um, in passing, like just scrolling through my timeline. Yeah, I don't listen but. to Brilliant Idiots at all. I just it popped up on Reddit for me, and I was like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, and it, they just tell the story in like, you know, how they just have like a convo. And Andrew's like, wait, so you raped her? And he's like, nah, 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 I didn't rape her, man. Like, you know, we had sex. And he's like, you put something in a drink? He's like, nah, we were both drinking it, you know? And it's like, but she was, how was she when you... And he was like, well, you know, she was like, uh, she was like, you know, when you're drunk. But yeah. like... But, and which, it's like which real... used to be which used to be the kind of way that people went about like hooking up with girls like it used to be a thing to go buy a girl drink in the club and both of y'all get drunk and mess around regardless if I mean if you're drinking on the same roofy colada as her then it's a little bit different than you just slipping it to her herself maybe I don't know yeah it's did she know it was in there no I think was she I underage at the time too I don't I don't even I don't know. know about that it, like yeah I don't have enough information yeah. but it's to like really it's, speak about it's it it's interesting like it fits in with you know we talk about R Kelly or XXX Tentacion, uh, not to speak ill of the dead, but and Charlemagne's a little different because he's kind of like that case of the person who's rehabilitated or yeah. something. Yeah, mm. he very much is. And but it's still like it wasn't that long ago, and you don't know if like justice is really served or if there even is like a kind of justice. Because everybody's like looking at these kind of things with, not everybody, but most people are looking at it with new eyes or like from a different perspective mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's easy to be like, well, XXX should go to jail because, you know, he didn't pay his due yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, same for R. Kelly. Like we want our due with, you know, all the heinous shit that he's done. But then like Charlemagne, technically he's gone through the system. Mm-hmm. And he's like a better person. Do we cancel Charlemagne? You know what I mean? Um, I I, I knew about this story for years, and no, I didn't cancel Charlemagne. It seemed to me as though it was a situation where um, there wasn't ill intent there, mm. but somebody was definitely walked away from it feeling victimized, mm. and so. At the end, he already did go through the court system, and um, you know what happened happened. He was on probation for X amount of time. He's come out against like you know he speaks publicly about this type of stuff all the time, and tries to catch his problematic podcast co-host um, too. And 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 the Brilliant Idiot podcast is a, is really a lot about them trying to figure out what they don't understand from all types of different socio-political positions, whether it's the alt-right or, you know, um, the Me Too, Me Too movement. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not canceling Charlemagne, but I wasn't really, like, subscribing 
You know what I mean? To Charlemagne mm-hmm. in that way where I have some type of uh, investment into him. I think yeah. that he's um, a worthwhile figure in the community and he promotes um, pro-blackness and, um, you know, taking pride in, in our color and things of that nature. And I like a lot that he has to say, but I'm not really subscribed to him to cancel him. Um, I'd like justice to be served and i would i don't have information on enough information to really make a judgment now but i'd like to hear what he has to say about it and to see if he seeks to kind of reconcile the issue with the girl herself because it doesn't seem as though they can take any more legal action against it now i'm not saying the man should lose a book deal or anything like that either though so i don't know double jeopardy with ashley judd that's a real 200 iq and uh morgan freeman's in that joint too I think that's Kiss, Kiss the, the Girls. girls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's right. See, see, Lade and I are actually just 100 IQ each, but when our powers combine, it's like a fusion technique. That's, that's, that's twice that. that we both said the same thing at once. Yeah, we did the fusion that's dance. That's the fusion shit. <laughs> yeah, man. We're rocking one yeah. earring. Lega. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm glad that worked out, man. But yeah, I mean, who knows? Snoop Dogg is also going through it right now, too. Like, he got called out by some Instagram um, well, I mean, person, fucking saying that she fucks Snoop while he's making that gospel album he just made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, she I put mean, it all out there and shit. I mean, all you would have to do is like walk into the court and then play "Ain't No Fun" and just be like, "I rest my oh, case." Yeah, that's like the problematic anthem. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and, and that's like prime. You know, that's like peak peak Nate Dog too. That's like where he came into himself. But yeah, you know, I mean. Like we, I think Goyama and I, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Um, we were talking about like bus driver and somebody else in terms of like the the notoriety and the just like the sheer amount of problematic things that we've all kind of participated in in the past and how those things are like to varying degrees. Like uh, some things are more problematic than others. I've never not once like you know. Uh, raped a, a, a girl or anything like that but have i definitely you might with... you might want to check your negatives on that one you, okay <laughs> double double negative 100 <laughs> I can, no i mean like i you know i've never participated in anything like that but to say that i haven't like got hooked up with girls that were drunk would be a complete lie uh yeah for the sure. climate was much different back then now i know that like that is a thing that i don't do and would not ever participate in mm. unless i had like a written consent form from her or something like that I, i'm saying this like hypothetically obviously i'm married mm. but yeah i mean like uh the the political climate changes and then you know like 50 years from now calling somebody dude might be a problematic thing to mm. say to somebody and mm. dude we do that shit all the time dude like you know, so when they listen back on this, man, are we gonna do it the same ways that you would when you go back and listen to Jack Kerouac and say, "Damn, he was really calling black people coloreds or something"? You know what I mean? Like anything mm. like that. So, who knows? Mm. Just it's, yeah. I mean, I think like do no harm. Yeah, yeah. Being yeah. being that positive. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Get your twenties well, yeah, up. Yeah, get towards that net positive. It's like. It's tough, but I think you know the more the more it's open conversation. I think it's good. The more people are listening, and the more people are responding, like like in Charlemagne's case, you know, or like even in I think you're talking to someone. We were talking about Gaslamp Killer, I think earlier. Were we? I, I don't know I feel, if we were talking about Gaslamp, okay. but I think he's. I'm not totally sure the, the entire situation, but it sounds like he's done. No, he came back with the receipts recently. He's taking that woman to court. 
He's oh. got a lot of receipts. It looks, it's looking as though he was innocent at this hmm. point now. I forget what episode that was that we talked about it, but it's on the podcast somewhere. Yeah, because we were covering it. Yeah, we were oh. covering it. We were talking about it because you know I'm know a huge fan of, of Gaslamp. And when it came out, you know, my first instinct is to believe women. Mm. You know, I, yeah, that's, that's automatically what I lean towards, whether it's you know to the detriment yeah. of an innocent man or not. But like, yeah. it's unlikely that a woman is lying, right? So yeah. yeah, I'm like, damn, you know, this is disappointing, Gaslamp. Right. But he, um, you know, he has witnesses. He has people that spoke. He has like um, toxicology reports and hmm. toxicology experts. And he's got all of these documents and all of these so-called receipts. And he's taken that person to court. Interesting. So, okay. So, yeah. yeah. Ho- I mean, you know, the, the important thing is, is that justice is served in some degree. Mm. You know what I mean? And if it and it can't be served, like in this case with. Um, Charlemagne, where he's already been charged, you know, you hope that the person who was, you know, perpetu- uh, per- you know, per- perpetuating the wrong doing, the person that right. did the th- did the crime, you hope that that person has reached a point mentally where they can acknowledge that they were wrong. And I think Charlemagne might do that. I think that mm-hmm. he he might come across, but you know, cancel yeah. him if he needs to be canceled. I'm good for I canceled like Nas. Recently, yeah, like you're so, talking about Nas, yeah, right? That's like, who we were know, talking about. Yeah, yeah, we so. didn't, you know. He didn't. He hasn't he responded at all. Response, he, and, and the silence right. is kind of deafening. You know what I mean? Like, how are you not going to say anything? <laughs> this is weird to me. So I don't know. We, I, I feel like often we get into these conversations about like problematic males, and I think mm. it's like uh, it, within you know it's it's a problem through all communities, but in rap music, there's such a, a huge history of just like hyper masculinity and like yeah, we yeah. kind of like gravitate towards all these ideas of like hyper masculinity mm-hmm. throughout the culture for so long that like a song like it ain't no fun which is really about like you know running trains on chicks and like them not really having autonomy against it to some degree mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's like it's so deeply rooted in our culture and it's not exclusive to ours but the yeah. media loves to focus on it when spotify decided to have these like uh you know ethics um decisions and remove artists who were the artists that were removed black artists they didn't remove um you know the female country singer who's talking about like killing her husband and mm-hmm. and you know what i mean like uh, whatever whatever right. other artists are doing problematic or talking about problematic shit yeah. but in the in the black community in the hip-hop community which is largely people of color yeah that shit gets focused on all the fucking time so yeah, who yeah. knows man this is a jam too, by the way we end is this, this knowledge no this is uh, i don't know who produced this it's a l die track though oh it's um it's kareem riggins uh, kareem riggins yeah that's right no it's interesting he's he's amazing yeah. uh my like my boss currently in speech therapy actually said like he drummed with kareem riggins like back in the day and like he's just saying how like his chops like in standard jazz you know are crazy yeah he's something special but, he, but he's making like stuff like this is so cool you know yeah he's um he's definitely top tier top tier 200 IQ oh yeah is <laughs> bad you know he, he's like and Chris Dave as well also oh, yeah. like crazy Chris Daddy Dave yeah Robert Glasper all, all these guys are making like some really dope progressive modern type of joints did you like that last like Glasper Kitronata the the re, the Little like remix. a remix kind yeah, of like yeah. album yeah it's pretty it's pretty damn good I actually bump that quite frequently good shit man 
Yo, I want to thank you for uh, for rocking with us today, course, uh, Goyama man. man. It's like, appreciate it. Well, like I knew that we met, you know, like last year, and we were talking about it, but yeah. somehow we like I was too drunk and I forgot to hit you up. Like the following Monday, we're gonna do like a recording with just like a hand recorder somewhere, and you were like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And I think we were both kind of drunk <laughs> and like I the Tuesday, I, like after that. the Monday, I was like, fuck, I was supposed to hit up Goyama. <laughs> like this alcoholism is killing me. But um, so when I hit you up this time, I was just like, I'm just going to try to reach out, man. Maybe he remembers me. And so, yeah, thank you for joining, man. We're Dude, big fans a, of your music. It was music. an honor, man. Seriously. Yeah. You guys are rad. Thank you for having me. Where, where, can, uh, where can people find your music? Uh, you can find me on all the main sites. You can find me on Spotify. You can check out Goyama. You can go on iTunes. I'm on there. Bandcamp. Um, Instagram. Twitter. Goyama or Goyama Music. Um, yeah, and yeah, if you want to know more, I'm like definitely open to, to have some more conversations. Word, let me get an applause drop on this thing right here. I think if I got it, oh, I keep on pressing. Yes. Yeah, there we go. We're gonna do some uh shows late. We got shows coming up, yes, indeed. Uh, yo, the day you are listening to this. Slow Lights is going down at Club Heavy Six Zero. That's in Nakano. That's every fourth Friday. Also, I'll be at Harry Sandwich Company in Harajuku. So come by after nine. Uh, I'll be doing that every last Friday of the month. Shout out to sandwiches too. Yo, shout out to the Yo, sandwiches, sandwiches, man. For real. Uh, the breakdown is also going down that Saturday. Um, that's the 28th. They do that every second and fourth Saturday. And our guy, D. Dallinger, is going to be playing at this event across volume 17. That's also at Club Heavy Six Zero. And there's hella people yeah, on there. Awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be at that. That's actually Dallinger's birthday as well. So we're going to go oh, there shit. and have a really good time. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Lots of people are performing there. I, I've actually never been to Heavy Six Zero. So. Yeah? yeah? they got two rooms. It's pretty cool. It's all right. Yeah. Work. Uh... Yo, this one thing I just put on there, I don't see it. I'll look for that in a second. But uh, Japanese Beatbox Championship is going down on the 29th at Buenos. Uh, there's a... Oh, shit. I put that on the wrong date. Anyways. Uh, Monday, the 30th, Smooth as Eggs going down in Azabu Juban. That's me and my guy, Akira. Um... Shit. Anderson Pack is going to be at Toyosu Pit on Tuesday the 31st. I'm probably going to go to that shit. And I wanted to, man. I can't make yo. it that night. Do you understand what I'm doing? What's this? Abysmal Lounge is uh, going down. Presents the cool out. Our guy Submers is going to be there. That's at Batica on August the 4th. And then that 5th there's still alive that's with um i think some guys from killer actually i think that show is sold out so never mind that but maybe you can find a way in and also that day speakeasy's going down at hotel koe so you don't want to miss that that's the first sunday august 5th and yo i i just put up a show um shimokita dj koko He's got a show in um, Shimokitazawa. I think it's called Upstairs Records and Bar. And it's on the 29th, Sunday. 
from 5 to 11, it's going to be DJ Coco, Muro, and DJ Mako Toron. So that'll probably be a dope show. You want to go check that out. And there's hella other shit on the calendar, so please find a link and don't miss all the regular shit that goes down. Shout out to DJ Kinsuke. Shout out to Shory Bradshaw, 8-Man, our guy AJ, um, Alex with all the stand-up Tokyo things. Yo, there's a lot of shit on here. Yeah, people should check out the damn calendar, man. We got all the shows on there. What? Where's Where's your calendar? Google dot. You can find that in the show notes. <laughs> okay, it's like go. it's not like a Google backslash Mega Late Show calendar. It's like a like yeah. code. Yo, but if you go to f a t dot l y, so fat lee slash Mega Late Show. It's got all our links on there. You can find the calendar, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts. All the links are on there. So, yeah, go peep that. Smash cut to the outro. Peace, Mega Late Show, episode 41 with Goyama. Goyama. 200 IQ.